Hello, CS 2024 Vegas. How are we doing? How are we doing? Are we doing it? Guys, guys, do you see what I got here? This is live from Fabulous Las Vegas, from Know How to Wow. I am so excited to be here. Before I tell you why I'm so excited to be here, from Know How to Wow, for those of you who don't know, this is an award-winning podcast, okay, that tackles a different tech topic every single month, okay? Now, our uh, hosts, what they do is they give you insights on how the engineers at Bosch tackle some of the tech problems that we face in the world today. But today is a little different. We're going to tackle two topics. If you look over here, you'll notice a color. What am I looking at? It's green, guys. It's green. And then over here, we got the blue side. This is our mobility side. And this is our home comfort side, Okay. Our two hosts, Jeff and Melina, are going to come out here. They're going to battle it out, Vegas style, in a quiz show. Okay? It's a no-holds-bar, winner-take-all. We're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to give out a little bit of merch. And, uh, well, I should just, I should just cut to it, shouldn't I? Let me just get them out here, guys. Please help me welcome to the stage Milena and Jeff from Know How to Wow. Get on out here, guys! From Know How get on to out Wow. Here. Hey. The Bush Global Podcast. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Hi. Welcome, our beautiful live audience. And of course, also, hi to our dear listeners back at home. So, I'm Milena, one of our From Know How to Wow resident hosts, and I work as a digital communications manager at Bosch. Hi, folks. My name is Jeff Gostaitis. I'm also uh, with Bosch in our IT security group. But today, I get to do my favorite hobby and host together with Milena from Know How to Wow. Oh, that is your favorite hobby. We should also shout out Chuko. Since she's not here. We need to shout out Chuko, our other Shuko co-host. Here as Absolutely. Well. Hi Chuko, watching from home. <laughs> so as Sean already explained to you guys, what we usually do in our From Know How to Wow episodes, we talk about one Bosch innovation per episode and we present it, we try to wow each other with it. And yeah, we talk about it in depth. But we kind of thought here at CS 2024, that's not enough. It's not sufficient, right? So what we're going to do is we're going to double wow you guys. So Jeff and I, we took a close look at our booth, and we've each picked an innovation from the living section of the booth, the green section, and the mobility section, the blue, the, the better section. Oh, <laughs> you have uh, <laughs> competition. I like it. That's the point. The That's what we're doing. <laughs> All right. Shall we get started? So, Jeff, the theme of our booth of CS2024 is energized like a Bosch. Are you energized? Right. I know. I love it. I love the theme and it fits so well with what we have here. I spent a lot of time already working over there and it's incredible what we have. We have the dishwasher with the Home Connect system. It's got the new power arm, all sorts of good stuff. And that's not even the stuff that we're going to talk about in our quiz. Looking forward to it. I, of course, did the uh, exact same thing on my side of the booth. And although we've talked about it in the podcast before, what I, for example, still find super interesting and super fascinating is our tiny but mighty silicon carbide chips. 
So these special semiconductors, you can see them over there. They are basically the key component for electromobility. That's right. Which is pretty, pretty cool. But not the innovation I've picked. Okay. So what we want to do today is, and it's basically from know-how to wow history already. It's a special from know-how to wow treat. So we want to quiz each other. We Let's are competitive people. Absolutely. Right? So we're going to quiz each other on the innovations that we've picked. That's going to be our topics for today. Yep. And there can only be one winner. It can only be green or blue. It can only be Jeff or Melina. Go big or go home. I know what I'm going to do. <laughs> okay. Let's give it a try. All right. Well, then, um, should you quiz me first? Yeah. Yeah. Sure thing. So um, I think it's time to reveal what hero product I've picked from the booth, from the mobility section. Um, it's a solution that's great for anyone who drives an electric vehicle, but doesn't really like to worry about parking or charging the car. So basically every single person, yep, most I'd drivers. Say, yep. driving an electric vehicle. It's a two-stage innovation, actually. So. The foundation of it is automated valet parking, which we've presented a couple of years ago here at CES. It enables your car to park automatically in dedicated parking garages that are equipped with Bosch technology, namely sensors, cameras, connectivity. So that's already available and out there. But what's new and what we're debuting at CES 2024 is automated valet charging. So we've added the charging aspect so that your car now not only parks itself automatically, but it also charges automatically with the help of a robot, and then it just casually returns to its parking spot. Casually, perfect. All right, that's that sounds fantastic. But you yep. know, you know, I do my homework on this stuff, so I think I can still be able to master your questions. You are a Bosch fanboy after all. <laughs> so here to help me and us pick the questions. We're going to do that in a very Las Vegas manner. Can we have our virtual slot machine, please? Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. That looks nice, doesn't it? So slot machine is going to help me pick three questions on automated value charging for you. You, of course, try and answer them correctly. Of course. Yeah. But Jeff, you know, I'm, I'm a good person. We know. So if you feel insecure, if you don't know an answer, I have an expert lifeline. Oh, wonderful. You. So just I tell me. I, I, I think I'll keep that in mind. Okay. Shall we start? Let's go. Can we have our first question, please? All right, Jeff, let's get going. In addition to range anxiety, what might EV drivers experience? Is it A, charge anxiety, B, exam anxiety, or C, heat anxiety? I happen to be an EV driver myself, and I know for a fact it is A, charge anxiety. All right. Final answer. Wow. That was, that was a bit too easy. <laughs> Wasn't it? It wasn't too easy. It was perfect. Right at my level. Yeah, okay. All right. There you go. First 100 points. So can you, can you, because we, we talked about this a little bit, can, and you especially had some, some thoughts around charge anxiety. Can you give me some hints? Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, so charging anxiety, I mean, I think it's, it's, it's rather straightforward. Um, so when you drive an EV, and I'm an EV driver myself, so speaking from experience here, it can happen 
and it happened to me before, that you arrive at a charger and it's occupied at the time of your arrival. Or it's not functioning. Well, Oof, that's, that's yeah. another story. Um, so yeah, I mean, in fact, I had that a couple of times, that the navigation system of my car told me to leave the highway in like an hour, said to me, okay, hey, Milena, in 60 minutes, please leave the highway, charge your car, and then hit the road again. And I did that exact thing, and I stood there, and Waiting every charger yeah. <laughs> was occupied. Oh. <laughs> and then, I mean, you basically have three options. You can sit in your car and wait for it to be free again. You can uh, leave the car and check back frequently if the charger is available, or yeah, you can hit the road again and yeah, yeah look for another one. So that can be stressful, that can be annoying, that can be frustrating, but with automated valet charging, that's in the past. Because you can pre-book a charger there by using go. an app. And even if the charger is occupied by the time you arrive, you don't have to worry. You can just leave your car, get something to drink, get something to eat, go shopping, whatever. The car just charges itself, and when you get back, it has been charged to the desired level. That sounds perfect. How good is that? Right? Sign me up for that. Yeah. Ready for your second question. If it's that easy again, yes, definitely. Please, no. Mm-hmm. Jeff, how can automated valet charging minimize the charging time? By A, charging to 80% max, B, battery preconditioning, or C, a more powerful charger? I already know that you can set the setting to 80%, that's clear. More powerful charger doesn't make sense. I mean, we can just install that anywhere. I'm definitely going to go with B, battery preconditioning. Let's see. It's hard up here, guys. Come on, you got to support me. <sighs> true, true, yeah. Correct again, another 100 points to you. Um, so How many points? 100. Thank you. <laughs> so, automated valet charging. It basically knows when my car is next in line, and it can tell my car, hey, it's your turn within the next 15 minutes, so please bring the battery to an ideal temperature, which in the end then reduces the charging time and is beneficial for the battery. Perfect. Oh, third question. Can we have a difficult one? I'm ready. Like a really difficult I'm one. I'm ready. I'm on a roll. He's Let's too good do at it. this. Ooh. Ooh, I think. That's, that's a good okay. one. Right. What's a crucial device for automated valet charging? Is it A, stereo camera? Is it B, remote control? Or is it C, laser scanner? And little reminder, you haven't used your expert lifeline. That's exactly right. I have not used that, yeah. and I think I will go ahead and take that right now. All right. So please, everyone, big applause for our Bosch expert, Andrew Pryor. How you doing? Andrew, I'm counting on you, man. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having so me. So Andrew is in charge <laughs> oh. of automated valley charging in North America. <laughs> Pun intended. I Pun hope. Intended. <laughs> it was a good one. That's a great one. I love it. <laughs> All right. So, Andrew, can you help can you, you vote? You think you can help me out with this? Do I have to help Team Home Comfort here? All right. 
as said, we're good people. We're good people. That's it, an excellent point. <laughs> it's stereo cameras. Okay. I think it's A. A stereo camera. So let me explain a little bit how it works. Wow. It's good that I got that right. Thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> so the basic principle with automated valet parking and automated valet charging is that the vehicle and the parking garage infrastructure could communicate to each other. So you drive up to a comfortable drop-off space, you leave your car there, and you start the whole thing with an app. And that point is where the stereo cameras come in. Um, the system takes your car using stereo cameras to perceive the environment around it and drives it in the parking garage with no driver and parks it in a parking space. And then, like Melena was mentioning, once that charging station opens up, the car is moved and parked very precisely next to the charger, and the whole thing can begin. And actually, we actually have a stereo camera in that instance, too, because we use a robotic charging arm, in this case, to charge the car. So it uses a stereo camera to move the arm, open the charge port door, and precisely position the plug right into the receptacle in the car. That is so convenient. Yeah. So Fascinating stuff. It is. Yeah. Thanks, Andrew, for helping this guy out. It's That's another 300 points. It's 300 points for you. Uh, do you have a couple of minutes to talk a little more with us about automated I have nothing else to do right now. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> um, so I was wondering, in fact, um, I kind of mentioned it casually that the ABC system can tell my car, hey, it's your turn now. Go and get charged and then return to your parking spot. How exactly does it work, though? How does the ABC system communicate within these, like, this system, basically? Yeah. So, like everything today, we go through the cloud. And there's cloud backends for all these devices that yeah. coordinates how they work together. So, for example, one way that we use a cloud backend is to identify the right vehicle. So, you imagine you've got three or four cars parked there that all can use automated valet charging. You want to be able to move the right vehicle. You want to make sure you're moving the right one, otherwise there's probably a challenge. So, what we do via the cloud is we send a sequence of turn signal light flashes to the vehicle via the cloud, and then we send that same sequence to our, the parking garage where we're using those stereo cameras to look for the car. And so we look for that sequence of flashes, and once we see it, we know the car is definitely still in the garage, and number two, we know it's, it's where we thought it would be. <laughs> so it's safe to drive. Another example might be like the configuration. So you guys are EV drivers. You know that every EV model has its charge port in some different location on the car. Yes. So this configuration is necessary for the system to understand how to park the car the right way so the robot can reach it, for example. And that would be something that would be communicated via the cloud. And we do this all securely to ensure safe operation of the system. Okay, That's thanks. really fascinating, fantastic. Yeah. And of course, as always, high emphasis on safety, priority number one. Now, you kind of mentioned something before about the different configurations of the car. You know I'm in IT. I also have some experience with dealing with different vendors and different regulations and different locations. So, so far in the system, I hear we have the stereo camera, we've got a robot, and then we've got any number of different models of cars. That's right. How do you make sure these are able to talk to each other? Yeah, and in fact, we have basically an IT system in the garage with servers and Ethernet switches and all of, all of that. So early on, Bosch and a lot of our competitors that work in this space re realized that this system won't be scalable unless it's standardized. And so we worked with our competitors, with vehicle manufacturers, um, with parking garage operators to standardize automated valet parking and how it works. And that includes things like what stages does the vehicle go through, what states is it in, how do the systems communicate to each other, and what are the responsibilities of each subsystem in that system? So the car, what is it responsible to do? What is the garage responsible to do? Things like that. And so now that's an ISO standard. 
And the charging use case that we're talking about for automated valet charging was always, I think, envisioned as a use case for automated valet parking. But now is the time that we're going to be standardizing it to, to also allow us to scale it in the future. Very future-focused. Okay, very interesting. Um, so you mentioned uh, the parking garage. Um, we have one of those in Stuttgart, in Germany, where I live, where this is already possible. That's the big one with the Bosch sign, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly I love that, that one. Ah, oh, so cool. And it is equipped with that Bosch technology that we've been talking about. Um, but what special components or special technologies does the car need to be compatible with automated valley parking and or automated valley charging? Yeah. That's one of the exciting things about automated valet parking and charging is that the requirements on the vehicle side are actually pretty low when you think of an automated okay. driving system. Because the vehicle only needs to have like six features, an automatic transmission or be an EV in this case, uh, electric parking brake, electric power steering. It needs to have skid control, so ESP from Bosch in this case. Um, it needs to be able to turn the car on and off remotely. And it needs, of course, connectivity module with Wi-Fi or 5G. And if the vehicle has that hardware, we don't add anything else to the car. Okay. So the vehicle manufacturer, via software, can enable the vehicle to work with automated valet parking and charging. And that's all possible because all of the computation, all of the perception, the sensing, is all done in the parking garage, in the infrastructure. So all of the heavy lifting is done by the garage, and the car can come along. <laughs> and so it's a great way to, to like I said, uh, enable a, a vehicle quickly. And Bosch can even help our partners do that. All right. I mean, as mentioned, I live in Stuttgart, where we have that parking garage. Yep. Um, I have an electric vehicle, rather new. So you think I could just give it a try and you <laughs> go to that parking garage? And yeah? You definitely should. Will do. Thank you. Can't know if you don't try. <laughs> so th there's a lot of uh, clear future orientation on this and taking care of really solving a lot of big problems. Uh, how do you imagine this contributing to some of Bosch's sustainability efforts? Yeah. So. On the base level, you can think of the energy you're spending or the emissions you're generating searching for a parking spot. So this might be a smaller amount in, in, the, in the overall scheme, but it's, it's there. But now let's look more towards the future, like you mentioned, and think of um, a, a wind farm on a windy day or a solar farm on a sunny day. And what do you do with that energy when it's not windy or when it's nighttime? And there's a lot of concepts out there using bi-directional charging for EVs that can not only charge the vehicle, but also can take energy from the vehicle and balance it back to the grid. And so if you simplify an EV down to a battery, I know that's a tough simplification to do, but if you simplify <laughs> it down to a battery and you use like an airport parking case, all of us here probably came here by plane or by, by yeah. some kind of transportation yeah. system. Right. Our cars are all sitting somewhere. <laughs> True. And they're doing nothing right now. They're sitting in a parking garage and they're doing nothing. So why not utilize that capability to bi-directionally charge and balance the grid, balance the, the, the building's energy supply itself, and then do it in a more effective manner because now we can move vehicles on and off chargers. We don't need to have the super high infrastructure invested into the system. And I think it's a win-win to balance the energy that way. So It's fantastic. So Fascinating. Just because of the fact that I'll, for example, be on holidays for four weeks, and I park my car in that parking garage, we can basically reduce energy storage systems, which, yeah, well, then in the end helps us to save resources that otherwise would have been wasted or would have been right. would have transported away, which also costs energy. Yeah. So. And, and because we know when you're coming back from your flight, we can take your car and make sure that it's charged to the level you wanted and move it off that charger and it's ready for you. 
Yeah, fantastic. That's so, convenient. Yeah. So do you think um, that will change the way we build parking garages, change the architecture? A absolutely, and it's, it, this one's not as, as clear right now. It's not as, it's not as obvious. So by parking cars in a driverless manner and charging them like in the same way, now we don't need to get in and out of the vehicle anymore. So we can park cars a lot closer together. Mm. We can utilize strategies like tandem parking, where you park nose to tail, and maybe it's two or three or four vehicles deep even. And we can move those vehicles around as we need them. So using strategies like that, we think we can save up to 20% of the parking footprint in a typical parking garage. That's a huge number. And in an existing building, it could be reuse of that for, OK, more parking. But it could also be reuse for additional retail space to bring revenue to the building. If it's a residential space, maybe you put in a bigger gym as an amenity mm. and bring more people into the building and increase your revenue for the building that way. But when it becomes really powerful is for new buildings. So if this technology is widely adopted and takes off, now that 20% space is a relative or a respective reduction in steel and in concrete for the building. And that's a direct impact on carbon uh, emissions, a direct reduction of carbon re emissions. Yeah. And you know, we're not saying that we can solve this problem just with this technology, far from it. But this becomes another tool in the toolbox of an architect or an urban planner where they can put these things together and they can create something that's bigger than all of us together. That's absolutely fascinating. You know, yeah, we, we talk about all these value propositions, and it's so often oriented around the driver. But in this case, that's really not what it is. It's basically everyone is getting a benefit out of this. Yeah, for yeah. sure. For sure. And, and even if you think about who's paying for that charging infrastructure, like I mentioned earlier, like we, can, we can put in a bunch of charging stations. And with an electrified future that's the trend globally here on, on vehicle electrification, there's going to need to be a huge investment in charging infrastructure. And if we can smartly utilize our infrastructure, in this case, by putting vehicles on and off and reutilizing instead of just having them parked there with a charger in every parking space, we can dramatically reduce that cost, not only in the, the box on the wall or the box on the ground, but imagine all the copper that's running. Imagine the energy that's coming in from the grid, and the, some buildings don't even have the capacity to do it. So we can be really efficient in that manner, but we can also be very convenient for the vehicle owner and driver. Exactly. That Sounds is such fantastic. A, such a fascinating concept. Andrew, thank you very much for the correct answer, for supporting Home Comfort Group. Begrudgingly, I'm, you're welcome. <laughs> and thank you very much. <laughs> really appreciate it. All right. Thank Go you. mobility. Mobility. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you. All well, right. I have to say, at least from my perspective, that was a pretty successful that round. That went very well for you, didn't it? Yeah. Do you Shall want we? to uh, do a review? A uh, score review real quick? <sighs> do we have to? I just want to be clear that everyone understands the, the position of this competition right now. Yeah. How many points do you have? 300. Woo! That is 100% of available points, by the way. <laughs> I just want to be clear on the KPI. Yeah. Let, let's, let's change that, please. I can see that zero. That's zero on our right Well, let's see, if you, let's see if we can uh, do something about that right now. <laughs> yeah. So, How's you know, um, Melina, from, from my perspective, I picked something that I thought we could kind of bond over and that we could really, really talk about this. Uh, uh -huh. Some of our listeners might recall that I come from Chicago, uh, where the winters can be just absolutely brutal. In fact, yesterday we got 11 inches of snow. Uh, there's a German word about that. When it gets really cold, uh, I'll have to remember it later. Ashkleitermeen? Um, <laughs> thank you for that. <laughs> so, 
What I wanted to focus on today was a heat pump that actually is working in colder climates. Oh. We're talking about literally sucking the heat out of the cold air and using it with some excellent engineering to heat our homes. Most important about this is we get to do this without burning oil or gas. And also, this had no influence on my decision, but it has a fantastic name. It's called IDS Ultra. Oh, that is a fantastic name. Are you ready thing. for this? Or a Euro product, yes. <laughs> All right, so let's do it the same way, similar. Three questions, 100 points each. Let's see if you can catch up. Game Master. Ooh, pressure is on. So what is the key component that makes the IDS Ultra work at low temperatures? Is it A, faster defrost cycle, B, saline solution as the refrigerant, or C, an enhanced compressor? So we talked about heat pumps in our podcast before um, and also about refrigerants. Mm-hmm. And we That's talked right. about propane, I think. That's as an exactly right. So it's not B. Excellent um, memory. I think I'll go with C, the enhanced compressor. Very well done. Wow. All right, 100 Ooh, points. All right, all right. Making all right. progress. All right. All right. Making all right. progress. <laughs> um, you have some more information on that, maybe? Just. Well, let's talk about the, the, uh, what's called the EVI, the Enhanced Vapor Injection Compressor. Enhanced Vapor Injection Compressor. Exactly. Go one. It's a tough one. I needed to get yeah. through that a little bit. You know, at the end of the day, heat pumps are actually working quite like air conditioners in reverse. But in this case, what they're doing is they're sucking the heat out of the air and using that to then heat the refrigerant, which is then heating the home. Now, the problem is when we get really cold, it gets harder to do that, obviously, right? Really cold like Chicago cold. <laughs> mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. That makes it more difficult, and then it's less efficient. But because we have such smart engineers at Bosch, basically what we're able to do is come up with a simple but sophisticated design that works to pull heat from the backside of the refrigerant cycle, kind of giving the whole operation a little bit of extra oomph, which we kind of need sometimes. And that's what that's all about, and that's why this is something important for you to remember. Sounds good. Yeah, sounds very good. IDS Ultra. IDS Ultra. Okay, All right, yeah. so 100 points. Are you ready for the next one? You got me hooked here. Okay, yeah, second question. Oh Whoa. my God, it's swag time! OMG, swag time! <laughs> it's finally swag time! I was waiting for this moment. It's only right. swag time now. It's All right, we got to... It's finally swag time. I can see it. They have the invite. It's finally swag time. <laughs> Holy cow, it's finally swag time. That means we're giving away some... Uh, Cool swag in the form of it smells like wow from Know How to Wow socks. Don't act like you packed enough this trip. You all could use them. Um, <laughs> we're giving them out, but only, only. What? 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 If Malena gets this next question correct. All right. So now the audience has yeah. some skin in the game. A little, sure uh, a little more on the table, <laughs> as it were, since got it's this. Vegas. Got all right. Are you ready? Yeah. Of course she's ready. All right. So how does the IDS Ultra? help to avoid blackouts? Is it A, demand response capability, B, a built-in battery, or C, a low power mode? Oh God, thank God, I I know the answer. Um, So the heat pump is connected. So if the load on the grid is too high, for example, I can just turn it off, which is 
demand response. That makes sense, doesn't it? Wow. She did it, and you all All right, folks. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Give it up, sure, you're taking some socks. You need some socks. You gotta have socks. Take some socks. You get a sock. You get a sock. Everyone gets a sock. Get some socks, sir. In the back. Let me get some socks. We got socks. Last pair. Nice grab. All right. Thank you, Sean. Congratulations, Milena. You didn't buckle under the pressure. 200 points. And now we're at 200 yeah. points. And yes, you're exactly right. The demand response capability is something very interesting here. And it actually goes back to what Andrew was saying about taking care to not overload or generally intelligently support the grid. So because the device is connected, you can provide access actually to your utility provider that they can monitor the overall utilization of the grid. And in certain situations, when it's making sense, they might turn that off. Now, of course, I, I, I know you're thinking what I was thinking, that I don't want someone turning off my heat. Please don't do that. Of course, you always, keep, you always keep the veto power of this. That's very important and absolutely very clear. But just like the way that we've experienced in some areas rolling blackouts during the summer, everyone's using their air conditioner. Well, now, as we move into using electrified components during the winter, it's conceivable that we're running into the same kind of problem. So we want to take care that we have the technology in place and the connections available that we can manage this intelligently. And this is something that I think provides a huge area of extra comfort to know that as we make right. these transitions, yeah. we have all the planning in place. So that really is a great example of smart technology that enables decarbonizing buildings. I mean, I mean, it is what we do pumps, here. Yeah, heat pumps are a key component of climate neutral buildings. And well, without technology to, I guess, intelligently manage that and manage energy, as you just mentioned, that will be much harder. Absolutely right. And another thing that this goes into, uh, this is working to decarbonize in other areas as well. Because again, back mm. to the car example, as we have cars, more and more cars coming onto the grid, putting more and more load on ultimately the same old grid, because we haven't done that much infrastructure updating yet, we need to be smart and clever about how we're managing this. So you can even imagine a situation in which your utility provider can see what appliances are drawing power at the time and which ones really need to be doing that. So maybe I don't want my connected refrigerator kicking over the compressor while my heater's running. <laughs> or maybe I don't want to have the dishwasher going while my car is charging. These are the opportunities that we have to be very, very clever about how we manage the grid in total through these connected products. Super exciting stuff. It is. All right. Are you ready for your last question? Yeah. All right. So, dear Milena, what enables the IDS Ultra to provide customized support all while maximizing energy efficiency? Is it A, a power inverter, B, an inverter valve, or C, an inverter compressor? And you can even invert some of these things just so we use the word inverter again. <laughs> it's a lot, lot going on with inverters, yeah. <laughs> it's a toughie, it's a toughie. But remember, but remember yes, of course, of course. Tit for tat, you gave me an expert. I would like to give you an expert as well. Thanks. So with that in mind, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage our Vice President of Product and Home Comfort Group for North America, Gonzalo Costa. Woo! 
Welcome, sir. Hi, Chef. Welcome, sir. Hello, Hi. How are you? Thank God that you're here. Can you help me out here? Yes. So, uh, IDS products all use inverter compressors. And that's the right answer. There you have it. Wow. <laughs> and what that, of course, the boss gets it right. <laughs> and what that means is it that fully modulates from minimum to maximum power. A traditional heat pump in North America is basically using a compressor that can only do on or off. So either 100% full capacity, full blast, or nothing at all, off. In our case, we control our compressor in 1% increments. So that means that... 1% increments. That's right. Okay. So that means we can modulate it up and down to an optimal and consistent indoor temperature. So you Super feel precise. comfortable. Yeah. Wow. On top of that as well, you, normally you don't need your heat pump to be at full blast for you to feel comfortable at home. Okay. Right. Um, and... Uh, by doing that, by being at full blast, that heat pump is actually using more energy than it's necessary. Sure, of course. So yeah, our approach is the most efficient to heat your home, all right? And that will also have an impact in your utility build, a positive impact. I, I'm very happy for Did that. I, I take it. All right. I'm also very happy right now. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Gonzalo. Okay, very good. so another 100 points for me, huh? Uh, that's another 100 mm. points. Congratulations, Milena. Unbelievable. Um, Thanks to you. Gonzalo, I hope you have a little more time for us. Do oh, you mind? for sure. Okay, yeah. all right. Great. So one of the things that uh, I'm, I'm interested in is, because we've had heat pumps around for a while, but now it seems that we're pushing into these colder markets. What was the impetus behind that? That's what right. We well, it really aligned very well with our long-term product strategy. Okay. Right? Uh, connectivity, electrification is always a top of mind when we are doing uh, decisions in terms of future portfolio. Of yeah. Uh, also, decarbonization, environment sustainability, it's core to Bosch um, values as a company. And then the Department of Energy, the U.S. Department of Energy, came with a challenge. Basically, they asked, yeah, they asked manufacturers to develop technologies that could allow heat pumps to perform at high efficiency, high capacity, at very low ambient temperatures. So this will support the transition away from heating your home, as you were saying, with fossil fuels. Mm -hmm. Perfect. The U.S. Department of Energy came up with a challenge. Is yeah, that was, that was a big part of our motivation. <laughs> and, and, of course, Bosch said challenge accepted. Yes. That's right. Absolutely. That's right. That's right. So what did, what did you guys accomplish? Exactly? Uh, we we sent a, a prototype of our cold climate heat pump to the Department of Energy uh, yeah. lab. It's basically a special uh, lab that can test heat pumps at very low temperatures. So, you know, we did extensive testing there. Um, in the lab, our cold climate heat pump was able to continuous perform until minus <laughs> 25 Fahrenheit. Wow. Ooh, that's minus 32 uh, wow. Celsius. Okay. That's chilly. That's right. That's right. So we did extensive uh, uh, testing for five weeks uh, there. Uh, basically, the lab is a you know, a, a large walk-in freezer, an ice-cold <laughs> room. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. Sounds like again. That's right. Uh -huh. They have chillers. I, I just love that image. Heat pump versus freezer. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> they, they have chillers outside, you know, really cooling down that room to very, uh -huh. very low uh, temperatures. And then our heat pump is inside yeah. trying to overcome that, right? And 
warm up back the, the, the room. So, so with, those, with those temperatures, I mean, minus, I, I've said enough already today that Chicago is very cold, but minus 25, that's, that's a rare occurrence. Yeah. So if the machines are now able to perform at that, is basically any inhabited place is, is open game for us, right? That's right. Uh, let me be more specific. So uh, the heating mode in the cold climate starts at down minus 13 Fahrenheit. So okay. if the compressor is on, and meanwhile the, uh, the outside temperature drops below minus 13, the compressor, as long as it's still on, will continue to operate to minus 25 Fahrenheit. Wow. Okay. So, okay. so it is indeed a product that will uh, work in uh, and provide the comfort, the eating and the yeah. comfort that you need in most um, northern uh, so, regions. So I can confidently expect a comfortable yeah, Chicago on, on, winter. On top of that, it's a product that performs, the IDS Plus delivers 100% capacity at five Fahrenheit. A typical, a typical okay. heat pump uh, in those conditions at five Fahrenheit delivers 60 to 70%. That's incredible. So yeah, I think that shows that this product is designed in a way to really deliver the comfort, the heating that you need in any, you know, regardless of the outside temperature. Okay, so it's living up to its name, Ultra. I love that. <laughs> That's, uh, so let's say now I'm sold, you've, you've made a sale. So now is, uh, if I want to get this for my house, how is the installation? Is that a big job? So the, this product is actually has a, uh, when compared to uh, our competing systems, it's the smallest uh, system, right. and while being the most powerful as well. Fantastic. And um, so, in a, for the contractor, that's really, really important, right? The smaller, the easiest. Instead of needing maybe three, four people, you yeah. only need two. And there are other layout considerations that are also, you know, uh, an improvement with with a smaller product. But we have other, you know, at the contractor level, we have a, a long suite of uh, use cases. An example is, uh, you know, these, these products, when they are installed to perform well, they need to have the right refrigerant charge. And um, you have uh, line sets connecting the indoor to the outdoor unit. Yep. And the, the factory charge is not enough to compensate for that. So... What contractors have to do is they have to install gauges, pressure gauges to make sure the job is done right. And that's a process that takes, you know, uh, steps. We're trying to make that the easiest possible. So what we did with the IDS Ultra is to build in uh, pressure sensors that basically will allow the contractors to do all these calculations in our app. Okay, wow. Um, other examples are... Um, as long as the homeowner allows, the contractor can remotely monitor uh, the, the IDS. That's ultra. great. So, uh, you know, uh, imagine that they get a call, a contractor gets a call from a homeowner with no heat, right? He can remotely check the parameters. He can prepare what materials, what equipment to take, what information yep, he sure. needs to take and then resolve the, the, the issue. Well, if, if my heater's broken, I think I'd be willing to let him see the, the information. That sounds, that sounds like a good deal to me. All right. Gonzalo, thank Sold. you so much. Yeah. It was a pleasure. Really, really Anytime. appreciate it. Thank, <laughs> thank you, you very so much. much. Bye, Melina. Did you come up with that fantastic name? Uh, the person that came up is here, so I can't lie. Okay. It wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Thank Bye you guys. very much again. <laughs> <sighs> I'm feeling pretty good right now. So now what? 
Shall we check the scores? A scoreboard review? Uh, I believe. That's nice, doesn't it? Oh, good. That's we have a tie, nice, so yeah. we can both go home happy. We can. All good? Yeah, we both win. All right. I'll win. No. That's no. No I, don't, no, I don't think so. Sorry. No, 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 Sir? no, no, there's, there's no ties. There, there, <laughs> Sir? There's no ties. There's, there's no ties, there's no ties It's in our Vegas. show, right? This is still there's our no show. There's no ties in Vegas. Does he have a what saying in this? this? There's no ties in Vegas. Do Guys. you have a saying in this? Guys, yes, I do, as a matter of fact. There are no ties in Vegas. <laughs> Luckily for you, I came up with the tiebreaker. Oh, great. Oh, at, yes, the tiebreaker. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, well, you guys know that I, in my videos I like to move. I challenge you two to a little bit of a dance-off. That's right. Ooh. A bit of a dance-off. <laughs> no one wants that. Can you see? No one, no one here wants that. Well, wait, wait a second. Wait a second, though. But you're probably wondering, how are we going to do this? This is a podcast. The people at home can't see what's happening. Good news. I'm really good at saying what I see. <laughs> Okay? Like when I'm driving in the car with my wife, I say, cow, cow, honey. So I can do this. I can describe the dances as they're happening to our listeners at home. So what we're going to do is we're going to play a little bit of music. Milena, you <laughs> no, got a look on your face. it's a lovely idea. Great that you're here. I love that. Fantastic. No, you want to see him dance? Come on. Ooh. Give him a little support. Oh. All right. Ready? Traitors, all of you. I need a little you. bit of music from the back. You're up. Let's All right, she's, she's moving. See, she's yes. uh, a little bit of moonwalk there. <laughs> I would call this next one inverting, yes, perhaps. All right, all right. <laughs> all right, Jeff, we want to see it. Give it to us. Here it comes. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> this is uh, the Chicago Shuffle. And uh, there's a... <laughs> And he has a, a look in his eye like, I hate you, Sean, for making me do this. Thank you. Thank you for... Uh, clearly, that was better. So wow. you're going to give this to me, right? No, I got to... I got to... I got to... Well, 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 it's ready. What do we guys... What do you guys think? We going blue? We going green? Come on, give it to him. I think she wasn't had, that bad. I think she gets it. Milena, congratulations. Jeff gets best sport award. I think that's uh, that's about it. So, Sean, first of all, thank you very much for the swag. Thank you you for spending time with us. Thank you for for the challenge. That was interesting. Thanks, guys. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, the audience, thank you for being a wonderful audience for us. Highly, highly appreciated. For our listeners at home, we hope you enjoyed it as well. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast. Enjoy your swag and go check out our booths. All right. Thank you. Give it up for these two guys from Know How to Wow. Check them out. Wherever you get your podcasts. From Know How to Wow. The Bosch Global Podcast.